has given you a wonderful personality, but it's been damaged by sin, stress, and pain. We all have unhealthy and unloving coping mechanisms built into our personality that we need to overcome. Let's talk about how Jesus wants to help you repair your personality and grow in God's grace. We'll draw on the ancient wisdom of the Enneagram, filtered by a biblical understanding. Hi, friends. Welcome to our home. So glad you've joined Bill and I today for Soul Talk. Yippee! It's time for another Soul Talks. Yay! We love hearing from you and your comments. Martha, we were so encouraged by your comment on Facebook. You said in response to our Enneagram post, love this. I appreciate you taking the whole rage with the Enneagram to a more personal and spiritual level Thank you for sharing and encouraging us to be more like Christ. Thank well, you, Martha. Yes. Friends, if you're not following Soul Shepherding on Facebook, we'd love to have you in our community. We've got lots of Enneagram uh, video clips, all, all kinds of video clips, but recently they're about the Enneagram, and uh, you can also get those on our YouTube channel. And we love it when you're an ambassador with us for Soul Shepherding and you share those. Last week, Bill, we talked about the burden and blessing of being a heart type. And so this week, we're going to talk about the irritation and impact of being a gut type. I'm a gut type, so I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and you actually had coffee last week with two other gut types two in our family. Two of my <laughs> favorite gut types are son David and daughter Brienne. We were having coffee together, and they were uh, picking my... My brain about the Enneagram I had lots of questions and uh, sharing some things from their personal lives and their work lives that they wanted to understand better through the lens of the Enneagram. And it really is a great tool. So helpful. Yeah. So we just want you to uh, pull up a chair and sit down and have coffee or tea with us as we talk about the Enneagram gut types. You know, it's been so helpful for me to understand the Enneagram and the gut types. Uh, having a mom who is a gut type and being married to a man who's a gut type. You know, I used to experience this energy from your bodies and your presence mm -hmm. that I felt the power of. You know, I feel the impact and the power of, of you guys' presence when you're in a room and so then when I started reading about the gut types on the Enneagram, it, it, it articulated that experience for me. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, our promise to you in all these podcasts is we're going to not fill it up with jargon so you don't understand. Yeah. Uh, we're going to explain the terms and just let you see how this is a tool for self-awareness um, and your relationships. And it's a great tool for integrating uh, Christ-centered psychology and spirituality. And that's what we love about it. And so there are three uh, uh, basic uh, core types. Uh, they're called triads uh, because there's nine personality types in the Enneagram. They go by the numbers one through nine. And those break down into uh, three groupings. Mm -hmm. And those are the heart types, which we talked about last week. The, the people, two, three, and the four. Are the heart types are more, uh, especially they're sensitive and compassionate and caring and uh, helpful. Tune into other people. Might struggle with uh, guilt and shame. They take a lot of responsibility, uh, and they're also very winsome people that uh, can really 
make a positive impression and uh, like to accomplish a lot. Care about what other people think of them. Yeah, they're image-oriented. And so the gut types, or also known as the body types, that's the eights and nines and ones. The eights are also known as the challengers. And the nines are the peacemakers. And we did a couple of podcasts uh, with our daughter, Brianna, who's an Enneagram nine. And then the ones who are the perfectionists or reformers. And so those are the three gut types. And the people who are in the gut triad, uh, you know, we like a sense of independence and control. And we do carry this, this energy mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to get things done or to, uh, to, uh, to want to be in charge, to lead, or even to, like we talk with a peacemaker, it's often a more quiet energy, but there's a, a presence about the peacemaker too, that they're, they're solid, they're there, and they're, they're grounded, and they can really hold a lot as they listen to people and uh, absorb other people and then collaborate with people. Uh, so their, their energy is a little more hidden than with the, the eight uh, challenger and the one perfectionist. Uh, the eights, you know they've got energy because they, they give you a firm handshake or a big hug and they got a loud voice and they're going to speak up and they're not afraid to disagree and they, they've got a power. And they're often leaders with people following them and they champion the underdogs and so many wonderful things about, about the Enneagram 8s. Uh, but, but you if, feel the power. You feel their power. And sometimes you feel their anger. And that's mm-hmm. why they can be challengers and they can get a bad rap for anger uh, in the... Unhealthy eights are <laughs> difficult to deal with. Yeah, really unhealthy eights can be bullies. Yeah, because they've got they've got this anger and they they just want to take charge and they're uh, they're very quick to disagree and they, they they don't wait for somebody else to lead. They step out and they get people to uh, get in line and and <laughs> go where they're going and. Uh, they're not, they kind of like you to disagree with them if, if you disagree, because they're always up for a good, good fight, a good argument, a good... Well, they want you to be direct with them. They want you to shoot straight with them. Yeah. And, and on the hard types, on the other hand, are not necessarily that way. The threes <laughs> may be a little bit, and uh, any, anybody can be at times, but the hard types can be more in, indirect and more, more intuitive, which can frustrate. The eights want to, let's get to the bottom line. Let, let's get this done. And thank God for that orientation. And you, you look in our... Our organizations and our, our churches and uh, so many places in our society, and you will find uh, the person in charge is, is probably an Enneagram 8. One of the things that really helped me to have a compassion and an understanding for the 8 was um, when I heard someone say that the 8s are, they, they're sensitive to feeling punched in the gut, and they experience things in their life as a punch in the gut. And so they're often punching, either punching first <laughs> or punching back because they're yeah. just experiencing life as this punch in the gut. Yeah. So the, the theory of the Enneagram really is it, it, our personality type and largely comes out of our, our developmental history, uh, including stresses and wounds, uh, as well as out of our own sin. And of course, genetics play a role in the formation of personality. Yeah, typically eights have had a hard time with being vulnerable. They, they've gotten hurt or taken advantage of or controlled uh, as children, and they don't want to experience that anymore. And no. so they, they learn to, uh, to find their power and to take charge. And they don't, with all the Enneagram types, we're talking about unconscious defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. and so we're not aware of doing these things, no. and we don't, 
mean to be uh, harmful or prideful. It's just sort of how we learn to cope in the world. And fortunately, the Enneagram is a tool that helps us to become aware of these unconscious coping patterns mm -hmm. and how they can be destructive for ourselves and the people that we love and the people that we work with. On the positive side, the redeemed side of the eight, they can be um, angry for the person that's hurting the underdog and for victims and for the vulnerable and use that anger to really champion them mm -hmm. and to really care for them. And they can be incredibly generous. Yeah, it's, yeah so the eights are protectors and uh, they, they, uh, they can be teachers with great wisdom and speak out. Uh, many areas of society they can lead. Now, other, enne other Enneagram types also lead. Uh, just a couple of examples. The Enneagram threes are often leaders, very inspirational leaders. Uh, the heart type we talked about last time. And Enneagram ones, uh, uh, perfectionists, teachers are leaders. Uh, sevens often lead with a lot of uh, positivity and enthusiasm and, and other types too. Yeah, so let's talk about the, the, we're talking about the gut type. Let's get back to talking about that key gut response and basic emotional posture of anger because we've been talking about how it manifests in the eight a little bit more directly, a little bit more obvious to everybody, but in the nine and the one, it's not so obvious. Yeah, the nines can be, uh, they all tend to internalize their anger the most, and so they can be passive-aggressive uh, where they're uh, placating and accommodating uh, up front because they're so good at merging with people and sensing what people need and feel and uh, wanting to be uh, caring and uh, encouraging and so forth. And they don't know right away what they feel mm -hmm. and what they need. And that's also true of other Enneagram types, uh, like the especially the, the helper two and the, uh, the loyalist uh, traditionalist six, and that's where it can get confusing because the Enneagram is very, is, is not boxy. It's, it's really good at accounting for the many variations in personality types. And uh, so what we're talking about here and uh, last week and then the next week also with looking at these triads is a, a key way that you can discern, well, which type am I? If, if you're new to the Enneagram, and you're trying to uh, understand what type you are, and, and hey, if that's you, stay with it, because it is so worth it. It is so, such a useful tool. Once you really settle into, you know, this, this is my type, and this is one that best describes me, you've got a, a whole map now. The world of the Enneagram opens up to you, and you begin to get the benefits of the theory uh, that's a very ancient theory with a, a lot of Christian input in it, that, that gives, it, it predicts for you what you do in stress, what you can do to grow, and uh, it gives you a whole scale of unhealth to health within your personality type. And so it's really worth it to, to find out what, what type you are. But discerning the difference between these three tri triads of, of types. Helps you find your number. Yeah. yeah. It helps you find your time. So, Bill, talk to us about what it feels like for you to be a gut type and to have realized this. To has it been helpful to you to learn that you're a gut type and that your basic emotional posture is anchor? Well, when we were first reading about the Enneagrams back eight or more years ago, I, I was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to be, that's not me, an angry, perfectionist, uh, critical, controlling. It's like, ah, you know, and so yeah. I looked over there at the Enneagram threes 
inspirational and winsome and yeah, I struggle with image and always want to succeed. Yeah, that's me. I'm a three. Mm. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I don't think you're a yeah. three, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a common reaction that we have with mm-hmm. Enneagram because yeah. it's not like other personality tests. It's not just looking at your preferences or your strengths. Mm-hmm. It's uh, giving an x-ray into your soul and it's looking at your your dysfunction and uh, your destructive tendencies Mm -hmm. and so forth. So it was hard for me to accept. Yeah. And, you know, I would say uh, you don't come across to me as an angry person. I would not say anger characterizes you, even though you are in that that triad, because anger can manifest in some really different ways. It can can manifest, like you talked about often, dust for the nines with passive-aggressive or with just a real firm stubbornness of this is where I stand and I stand here and, you know, kind of a really digging in my heels. And it can be uh, principled and things that maybe we wouldn't look at and label as anger because we tend to associate anger as such a negative thing. Even in the Christian church, sometimes it's sinful. Um, But anger can be a positive thing too. There is such a thing as righteous anger, yeah, there's energy and anger, uh, being assertive and speaking the truth mm-hmm. in love are really important qualities to develop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, eights and ones uh, can be really good at that. Nines may be the best at that when they're healthy, in a, being in a very uh, gentle and loving way, but being direct and, and for someone to look at something. So, yeah, as a, as a one, uh, and just as a, as a gut type, uh, other gut types listening, you're uh, would likely resonate with some of the things that I'm sharing, but we, we carry this uh, load of responsibility to to lead or or to be right, and it's it's heavy. And so for me as a perfectionist, I'm just always trying so hard to to do good mm-hmm. and and to do better mm-hmm. at whatever I do. Yeah, and it's just an over the top earnestness. Mm-hmm. And so when you're with somebody who's, who's a, a one, you can start to get kind of tired because they're trying so hard at whatever it is they're doing or explaining, and you're trying to track them, and it's like, whoa, this takes some energy. Yeah. They're just working at stuff. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realize that for many years, that I was doing that to people. I, I couldn't even totally articulate that that was my experience. It was something that beginning to get a sense of in my 20s and then, you know, more in, in my 30s, particularly through our studies in psychology, my own experience going through therapy. Uh, and then in this, this last decade, the Enneagram has given a whole other layer of understanding because once I s- accepted, okay, yeah, I, I am the perfectionist. That, that is my type. And, uh, you know, then I get continual reminders through the, the daily Any A Thought email I sign up for. When you and I listen to a, a, a podcast or we read a book and we, we talk about it, and just as we've got to know the types, we talk uh, about our personalities, I began to really see, yeah, I'm carrying this weight where I'm just working so much to, to do better at everything. And it is, my soul starts to sag Mm -hmm. under that. Yeah. And sometimes it seems like you can slip into feeling some resentment over how hard you're working and feeling like you're the only one that's working that hard or cares that much. 
Yeah, because the energy that a one has to do it better mm-hmm. is it's boundless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different ones have different things that they're focused on. For, for one uh, perfectionist, it, it might be uh, keeping the house clean or cooking a you know, great, healthy meal. Uh, for another one, it's writing an amazing blog or leading a, a great small group or preaching a, a fantastic sermon. Uh, uh, being the, the best uh, medical doctor, I mean, the, you know, the best teacher, whatever it is that we're doing uh, and is important to us that we value, we, we want to do it really good and it can always be improved. We want to do it better. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing that happens now is you're taking on all these responsibilities and trying so hard in life is uh, the resentment that you mentioned and it's just anger is building, but you don't realize it. And see, this is true with all the Enneagram types, is that whatever your basic emotional posture is, for the heart types, it's guilt and shame. For the gut types, it's anger. For the head types, we'll talk about next week, it's fear and anxiety. But whatever that basic emotion is, it's like the last thing on earth you want to feel. Yes. And so you're denying it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like hidden to you. Other people can probably see it quicker than you can. And so that's where when you land on your type and you begin to say, okay, now where am I angry? And you, be, and you really pay attention to that and you and find that it can be really helpful. So this snuck up on me uh, last week. I was, it was a stressful week. I was trying to meet a deadline with a writing project and uh, I'd, I have trouble doing something halfway. <laughs> it's kind of like when, I, I do, when I'm writing something that's important to me, I, I want to improve it and make it really good. And this particular project, it was a, a much bigger project than a, a blog, like the weekly blog that I write. It uh, is a notebook for one of our institute weeks. And so I was really working on this because this, you know, we're, we're all going through uh, five days uh, together of soul shepherding community and training and so I, I wanted this notebook with the, the diagrams, the illustrations, the, the, the it's questions. It's a pretty it be robust good. curriculum, really, yeah. And so, and then we had other things on, on our plate that we needed to work on, and I was behind in addressing something really important for our, our ministry. And so I was under stress, and I, and I knew that, and I, was, I thought I was taking care of myself with that. Uh, but then we were in the garage together, and... Um, we're working on a project that was important to you. A and plumbing leak. <laughs> and I wanted to be helpful with it, but I felt pressure to be back up finishing mm-hmm. my my writing. And so I was internally torn and I, I was yeah. doing the right thing and the loving thing. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, but there was a big part of me that felt this burden of pressure mm-hmm. and responsibility. I got to get that curriculum done. Yeah. It was pulling me back there. And then we had some problems with fixing that hose and, and the leak and everything. And all of a sudden, I just, I hit the car in anger. Like, ah! And it's like, oh, I haven't done that in years. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. I remember <laughs> get frustrated and you know, yelp something out or, or, you know, hit something like that. And, and it's like, oh, wow. And uh, I felt guilty about that because that's the other thing. Mm. You know, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to be responsible. I want to be godly. And it's like, oh, that probably didn't feel good for Christy. And so then I'm feeling bad about that, you know, and I, and if I just go into sinking into discouragement and turning that anger inward and having my own shame, then I'm not able to have empathy for you. Mm -hmm. 
And so it took me a little while to sort that out and recalibrate so that I could then say, you know, well, how did that feel for you? And yeah, and thank you. Yeah. And actually it was, um, it was actually good for me because you, you said to me right away, I am under so much pressure. And when you said that, that helped me to have empathy for you because I could see that that was true. And it also was helpful for me because it helped me to realize, well, I am too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I'm, um, I'm feeling that too. And I'm actually putting pressure on you because I'm so pressured. And so y- you were experiencing that. And so it was actually helpful for me that you were able to be honest and expressive about that and, and for both of us to be able to really s- confront that. Well, yeah, this illustrates the, just the power of self-awareness which is we we grow in self-awareness by uh, being vulnerable with somebody who's emotionally present and safe and it gives us empathy mm-hmm. because to in order to really experience our own emotions and be able to describe them and unpack what we're stressed about or what we're hoping for what we're going through we need someone who's doing that with us of course the lord does that but uh you know on average we need uh, someone in the body of christ to also do that for mm-hmm. us and so By being more aware of my emotions, something I've been working on for many years, uh, fortunately I was able to just talk to you about Mm. what I was experiencing, and you listened, and then that helped me really dial in more into the empathy mode of, well, how how was that for you, uh, this stress? And so we were able to repair there. And that's the big thing in any relationship is is the ability to repair, because every relationship has disappointments and conflicts, yeah. uh, stressors, not just marriage, but friendship, you know, working together and business and church, we, we have conflicts. And the issue is, well, do we know how to talk it through mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's appropriate and fair and uh, we understand each other? We're almost out of time here, but I don't want to overlook that. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for your vulnerability and sharing about this for you and your journey with this and, and for you sharing with courage how the awareness of anger in, in your body and being honest about that has helped you and how it's been helpful for us in our marriage, too, for you to be honest about that and help for me to have empathy for you when I see that and to understand that where that's coming from and why you're feeling that. But then also I want to say that there are some hidden ways that anger can manifest that might be helpful for the eights, nines, and ones and those in relationship with them to be aware of. And so um, sometimes anger can take the form of an attack, but it also can take the form of a withdrawal. And we can withdraw in anger and cut, cut people off or shut down and go to sleep to avoid. And that can actually be a, an anger response. Controlling behavior mm-hmm. is an anger response. Uh, judging, blaming, uh, projecting, scapegoating, mm-hmm. uh, just perfectionism uh, mm-hmm. tends to be an anger response. Yeah. So if you're a gut type, do some soul searching around this. You know, the discipline of confession is really a grace because as we become aware of these things and we bring them into the light of God's grace, it's, it's how we grow in transformation. And even if you're not a gut type, some of the things that we're sharing, uh, you might relate to, and Enneagram-wise, one of the reasons for that might be because you might have a line to mm-hmm. the 
one, nine, or eight. And that's the power of the Enneagram is these lines, these arrows, the, the, the dynamics. And that has to do with where you go in growth or where you go in stress. So just real briefly, for me as a one, my growth line is to the enthusiastic, positive, spontaneous seven. Mm -hmm. And so the more that I'm able to have fun and lighten up, it really helps me just feel better and more joyful and and it helps my healthier one come out the the principles the the integrity and the uh the, the work ethic but able to say good enough now mm -hmm. you see so the enneagram is teaching me always reminding me bill you remember to have fun bill you know get around some people that are, are light and and playful and spontaneous get 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 your with your granddaughter juliet and get on the yeah. floor and roll around and play with her See, and then what I've seen is, is that as I incorporate more of that growth line, that healthy seven for me, that helps other people around me. Mm -hmm. Then they don't get weighed down. Right. You see, and then I need to watch the the stress line, which which for the one is the four, where I I can go into melancholy and self pity, and uh, the the real sweet spot is when I go to the healthy four of self-awareness, mm -hmm. like I did in the garage there after I lost yes. my temper. Yeah. Well, and me as a two, I have a line to I get type to the eight. Yeah. And so when I'm in really super stressed, I can find myself powering up and getting bossy and controlling. And mm -hmm. that can be when I find myself doing that, then I can, whoa, 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 where's the stress? What's, where am I stressed? Why am I turning to that? Where am I not depending upon the Lord and not bringing my needs, my true self to, to the Lord, but trying to take control of myself. And we had a conversation in that just today, which again illustrates the power of the Enneagram for a relationship is that it, and, and it's why we've gravitated to using it in the counseling office and in our coaching and in our teaching ministry is because it gives us a, a language and a, a context for a conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. We can take all the things that we have learned as doctors of psychology over the decades, mm -hmm. and so much of that we can put into the Enneagram theory to explain to people what they're experiencing personally, spiritually, in a relationship, so it makes sense for them, and then give them a, a map to say, well, okay, mm -hmm. here's what's going to help you to grow and to change. Yeah. And so you were sharing with me about how that with a new level of understanding about yourself as a helper too, mm -hmm. and how you will go to the, the eight line of anger and stress because it's so uncomfortable to feel needy or to feel powerless. Yes. And so you're like vulnerable. You yeah. can be like an eight in that yeah. sense. Yep. And then we also had a conversation today after our meeting when you said you were great in that meeting. You went to your healthy eight. And in that case, you were talking about I was assertive, I mm -hmm. was engaged, and I was oh. bringing power in that form. So, yeah, it's a great tool when you can, and it can help you grow in your awareness and it can help you grow in your Christ likeness. And that's the most important thing that we become more like Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you that you are the wonderful counselor, that you're the one, Holy Spirit, who knows us completely, who loves us and is at work in us redeeming us. Continue this work of redemption, we pray by your spirit, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Check out our Soul Shepherding blog for our free Enneagram coaching tool. We have a number of free Enneagram videos on Soul Shepherding's YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. To see these and other videos, just subscribe 
and follow us. We'd love for you to make comments and share these posts with your friends to help us grow the Soul Shepherding online community. Thank you.